0: what is good everybody this is your boy dylan here on the flow show here on youtube we are happy to have a very special guest i had him on my show uh we did a little bit of a twitch live show a few months ago back really when everything started with covid we started doing it with me and a buddy of mine virgil vasquez and he is back and we hope to get him on for a few youtube videos here maybe get some stuff done and uh have a few videos with this man on my show we got dominic galone dominic what's up man how you doing it's great to see you again bud
1: thank you for having me like you said last time we talked we were uh closed in between the four walls and corona was hitting us hard but hey we got baseball in full swing now
0: we do yeah it's an exciting time right now to be a baseball fan we got a lot to talk about today as spring training is back today we have spring training baseball we have a full slate don't know if they're going to be nine inning games, seven inning games, or even five inning games. Some of those games can be five innings, according to Major League Baseball. That is a part of their rules until March 13th. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams kind of, you know, strategic, strategize with all the, uh, you know, changes where they could do seven inning games or five inning games. But regardless, we got baseball back, man. It's just exciting. It's great to be alive. I posted something on Twitter. Uh, for everybody out there, go follow my Twitter. It's in the comment it's in the description below go follow it it's uh good stuff i said uh just a quick reminder yes this is breaking news baseball is back that is the breaking news and yes it is a great day for base us as baseball fans to be back and i know i'm not wearing a Phillies jersey I'm wearing a brace hat i'm really mixing it up a little bit i don't know how how people will feel if you're a marlins or brace Me mixing it up but hey it doesn't matter man it's baseball we're just excited to be back
1: You've got a seat on the bandwagon of the NL East. So one of the best divisions <laughs> uh, that will be in baseball this year, in my opinion.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be one of the best. It really will be. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But let's kind of get going here. We'll kind of get in our first topic on today's. And we're going to talk about, you know, the teams this season. You know, obviously heading into the spring, a lot of changes, a lot of new faces in the spring season for a lot of these teams. Uh, Dominic, I'll begin with you first. You know, which teams are you excited to see this spring? Uh, and then which one of them, which ones do you think will impress and which one do you think will fall short of expectations this spring?
1: Yeah, well, this with this being the flow show, I kind of focused on the full Florida teams that, you know, will be competing in the grapefruit, grapefruit League uh, in comparison to out in Arizona. So we'll start off with the Mets. I'm excited to see the construction of their lineup, the addition of Francisco Lindor, who is one of the top shortstops in the league. Uh, you've got James McCann, who I believe is an under the radar catcher, um, somebody who, you know, he was cheaper than JT Real Muto. And I think that's going to end up helping the Mets in the long run. They were able to go get some pitchers and some depth uh, in the roster. So I'll be interested to see like the depth, like we speak of Jonathan Villar, Kevin Pillar, uh, Albert Amora Jr. He's going to be in the outfield. He'll be a depth piece. And Jose Martinez, another depth piece, played with the Cardinals for a little bit. Um, I think he's with the Cubs last year, maybe the race first. And I think he was with both those clubs last season. So they have a lot of depth now and, The Mets, you know, they can really turn that corner if the pitching staff can staff can stay healthy, and I think they have literally one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, maybe behind those guys out west, the Dodgers. But with Degrom potentially one of the best in the bigs, if not the best, Stroman, I think he's a solid piece. Carrasco, solid piece. Then they just went out and got Taiwan Walker. I think he's going to be a good addition. But then they also got guys in the waiting. They have Noah Syndergaard, Thor. And they've got David Peterson, uh, a young prospect that they've got coming up as well. So those are kind of the things I'm looking for with the Mets. And last but not least, Peter Alonzo, is he for real? Or was that kind of just a spark in the pan in his rookie season? You know, last year, his average dropped from 260 to 231. It was a shortened season. But let's see if he can get back to the 53 home runs that he put up in his rookie year. You know, one thing. He's a great, great power bat, but he needs to shorten up on the strikeouts. 183 strikeouts to 155 hits back in 2019. Not sure how sustainable that is for a 3-4 uh, a hitter.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think P Alonzo could actually, I could see him get better, especially add maybe more, be be hitting more for contact. I could see that definitely happen uh, throughout the, you know, as he kind of progresses through his career, obviously he's still young. He's only had, I would say really, really a full season. I mean, 2019, I would say, I mean, that was a regular season last season. It's kind of hard to really put in perspective, you know, if a player really, I mean, you really can't base, stuff that happened last season heading into this season. There's a few things you can do and you can't base off of last season heading into this year, like the Dodgers but for the most part it's kind of hard to you know take last season and put it into this season and kind of you know take that as perspective but I agree I think Pete Alonzo there are a few things that he needs to work on and I think as you know his career progresses and as these next couple of years progresses and his young early start to his career I think he could get a lot better and I I would like to see him hit more for contact as well you know kind of become a a, a better you know have more tools in his uh, repertoire when it comes to the offensive side of things but uh, I do like the Mets for me my big team that I think I'm excited to see and I think they will impress this spring is gotta be the Toronto blue Jays. I mean, what they did this off season, with getting George Springer. Um, I really like that signing for them. They're gonna have a really nice outfield out there with, you know, they're gonna have a lot of good pieces. Um, their infield's gonna be really good with Vigio, you know, Vlad and you're also gonna have um Boba Chet as well over at short. I mean, that's gonna be a really fun infield to watch. It's, there's gonna be a lot of highlights to be made, a lot of sports center top tens, if you will. But uh I, I like that. I like the infield. I think they probably have one of the best infields in Major League Baseball right now, um, even though a lot of those guys are unproven. Um, um, but I still think they have a lot – they they have a lot to prove, and I think this year could be their year. A lot of people are saying they have a lot of high hopes for a lot of those guys. Um, and then their pitching staff is probably the one thing I will say that I get nervous about, especially that rotation. Um, You know, you got Henjin Ryu is going to be a stud. I mean, Henjin Ryu is just hinjin Ryu. That's what he does. He just pitches well and he has great outings. But really that two through five is kind of what nerves me because they really don't have a set in stone, you know – Number two, number three guy who can really get you those type of innings that Hinge and Ryu could do. And it's always nice to have a good, at least one, two punch when you have that rotation. And they really don't have that. But I do think a guy like Nate Pearson could really impress. I like what Nate Pearson brings to the table. I think he's a really good prospect and I'm excited to see what he can do.
1: It's funny. You've, uh, that was, I've got three teams here that I think are going to impress in the spring, at least, or, you know, We'll see what they do in spring leading to the season. But one team that, you know, you, you hit it on the nose, the Blue Jays are going to be impressive. And one person you left out of the infield is Marcus Simeon. That's a, that's a nice little piece for the, for the Blue Jays. So I think last year having the young pups get, you know, their feet wet and now having some of the better, more refined guys come into the lineup. Like you said, I think the Blue Jays' um, expectations are high this year and the sky's the limit. You mentioned Nate Pearson. He came into game two of the AL wildcard round last year, struck out five in two innings that's impressive for a young, mm-hmm. young stud uh, pitcher right there. And Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, Tanner Rourke, like you said, the two through five is going to be interesting, but uh, that offense is going to be fun to watch.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And especially, too, with drafting Austin Martin in the draft back in uh, 2020 of last year, I mean, he's going to be a, a nice piece to have. I mean, they were very fortunate to pick him up where they got him because he could have been a top three pick, and he obviously wasn't. He dropped out of the top three. Um, so I'm really excited to see what this Blue Jays team can do. And I, I completely forgot about Simeon. Um, and, uh, and I really forgot about Simeon. I forgot that he was in the infield. He's going to be a really nice piece, especially over at third base. Uh, they're really a, one of the more complete infield teams.
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt, I have one more team I like to hit on, and this isn't a team that I'm focused on for the regular season. It's more of a let's see what they got in spring training, and for two, three years to come, is the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Adley Rushman, number two prospect in the MLB, will lead. That leads into a later segment. We'll get into that. But GM Mike Elias, he's really revamped this farm system in the last two, three years. He's only 38 years old. This general manager. He came. He originally was a, a pitcher at Yale. Got injured. Became a scout with the Cardinals in 2007 Uh, after that he moved to the Astros in 2011 and he's credited for the rebuild he drafted Correa in 2012 as the director of amateur scouting and he's really starting to do that with the Orioles here they've got five prospects in the top 100 you've got Adley Rushman you got Grayson Rodriguez who's a six foot five right-handed pitcher only 21 years old Uh, he got drafted out of high school 11th overall pick um, he's got some exposure in the Futures game already back in 2019. He's got four pitches. So I think he's a, a big prospect to look at uh, on the pitching side of things for the Orioles. You, went, you mentioned the draft, this pre- previous year's draft, the second overall pick, Heston Kerstad out of Arkansas. Um, he's a phenomenal player in college. He was uh, made out to be the best power bat as uh, on the left-handed side in the previous draft. So I think he could – Get some spring training action. However, he is recovering from an irregular heartbeat. So it'll be interesting to see how much time he gets. Uh, And then they have DJ DL Hall, excuse me, 70th prospect on the top 100 and then Ryan Mountcastle. So they've got some some young pups coming up and we'll see what uh, what can happen this spring with the Orioles.
0: Yeah, I like that Orioles pick, actually. That's a nice pick. I think they could be a very uh, – an interesting team to watch these next couple of years and see how these young guys kind of progress. Uh, and, you know, kind of speaking, uh, touching base, you talking about young teams. I, I One team that I'm interested in seeing is the Detroit Tigers. You know, a lot of great pitching in that, you know, in the minor league system. You got Mize, you got Manning, you got Fayette. You know, you got a lot of good pitching in that, in that uh, minor league organization for the Tigers. So they're going to be a fun team to watch as well here. And they could be a very competitive team – as well i mean you still got miggy he's not going to put up the same numbers that he used to but he's still uh, okay bad he could still get you that little pop if you need it and then you got a lot of good guys like cal you know uh cal Cal, what's his name geez cal calder i you know i you know what I mean? (laughs) You know, that, you know who I'm talking about, but uh, no, I I like what the Tigers have altogether. I think they have a young team. Willie Castro out in uh, the outfield. He's going to be a nice piece. I like him. I think they're a good team. I think they have a lot of uh, potential on that squad and I think they could be really good in the uh, American league central, really a, a division that's kind of run by two teams right now, the white Sox and the twins.
1: Absolutely. That'll lead into our, our further segment as I think the white Sox can be one of the best teams in baseball.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think they can. And speaking of the White Sox, speaking of the Tigers, uh, we had some new managerial hires this past off season, only three actually this past off season. it seems like a little bit less, but I think a lot of teams kind of keeping what they have, obviously due to last season, you really can't base a lot of last season heading into this season, but regardless three teams with new hires, really one of them is just a return really in that sense with uh, Alex Cora going back to Boston. But, um, Dominic, I'll begin with you first. Uh, Which managerial hire do you think will have the best payoff this upcoming season?
1: Well, like you mentioned, the Red Sox with Cora, and then you had the White Sox with Tony La Russa, and the Tigers with A.J. Hinch. And I'm going to go with the latter. A.J. Hinch, I think, is a great pickup for this organization. He molded and managed the up-and-coming roster in Houston, led him to a World Series, won the World Series before the scandal happened. You know, he got fired because of that. But, you know, Detroit's in a rebuild process currently, and they need a younger voice that's going to be able to ride through them three or five years from now. And I think A.J. Hinch is the perfect piece for that. You don't want somebody like Tony La Russa, who I think he's the manager who's going to come into an already built team like the White Sox and try to get the job done. I think Hinch is the right guy for the future.
0: I agree too. I like AJ Hinch. I think that hire is going to really pay off for the Tigers in the long run. I think Tony LaRusso is your kind of win now type manager where he's going to, you know, give these guys some, you know, lessons, you know, help them out because Tony LaRusso has been every, you know, he's been there, done that. He's won a world series with the Cardinals. I mean, he's done everything he could possibly do in his career as a manager and even as a player as well. Um, He's done everything and he can help a lot of the younger guys that are with the the white Sox who are going to be good and who are already good, like Moncada and stuff. And, you know, give them some more advice, especially from a guy who's older as, as I mentioned, who has that experience. But I think AJ Hinch, as you had mentioned, he kind of fits where the tigers are going. He's going to help build that team. He's going to help manage that team. And, as we mentioned, the Astros, they were a team that kind of started out, they looked at a lot of young pieces, and that's kind of what the Tigers are, a lot of young pieces, a lot of exciting pieces to see in that organization. And I think AJ Hanch could really help and, you know get that team to where they need to be, and I think they could actually win that division here in a few years. I just think right now it's still kind of trying to come together, and I think uh, right now it wouldn't work. But I think in the long haul it will.
1: I agree. I agree, absolutely.
0: So I guess next topic we'll go into, we'll go into prospects. Now we all love our minor league guys, Dominic, you know, we were, we were, uh, that's that's how we met. We actually met at the Thrushers game and we, we love our prospects. We love our minor league guys. Obviously a lot of great minor leaguers, obviously not as many to get to see this spring due to the fact of COVID and they're only limiting 75 players to get to go to major league camp this year. So we won't get to see as many prospects as we had hoped, you know, but regardless, we're still going to get to see a few prospects for a lot of these teams uh, who are you excited to see not only maybe in the spring, but also for the season as well? You know, who are you, what what prospects really intrigue you heading into this year?
1: Well, we'll start off. I already mentioned Adley Rushman. Um, second top prospect in all of baseball right now. Lots of hype out of Oregon state was widely regarded as the best player in college baseball back in 2019 he was awarded with the Golden Spikes and the Dick Hauser Awards. Oregon State went on to win the College World Series. He walked more than he struck out in college. This guy is just an all-around five-tool player. He's a 6'2 switching catcher. You don't see that very often. I think Matt Weeders might have been the last guy to be a switch hitter uh, as a catcher. 23 years old so he's got years under the belt which I think is good for a catcher you understand how to call a game uh, how to work with different pitchers who come from now all different types of parts of the country so I think that'll be good for him to get some work with uh, you know some of the international guys and then he's got soft hands and strong arms so you can't ask for anything more from a catcher so that's one guy that really stands out to me and I don't I wouldn't be surprised if he makes his way up to the ball club big ball club you know maybe July August September
0: Yeah, I like I like Rutschman. I think he can be a really good player and especially too, we see a lot. And I I don't know how much that will happen this year. I feel like it will happen a lot more. But we saw a lot of the guys last season, you know, they only play to like double A, single A advance and they'll make their major league debut and they'll make it. You know, they a lot of them made it last season. So I think we're seeing kind of that shift from, you know, oh, you got to be in triple A to get to the major leagues. And I think we're seeing a shift now where. You don't even have to be in that, you know, set situation where you're in triple A or even in double A. You could be in a lower league like, you know, single A advance. We saw a guy who got drafted last year and made his major league debut last year in the same season. I mean, you just don't see that anymore. And I think now with that kind of, you know, we know that we can get good you know, content from these players, you get a good produ- productivity from these players who have only played up to single a advance and such. I do think that we're going to see a lot of that happen more this year. So I could see Rushman, even though he's only been to like maybe single a advance, single a low or whatever the case may be. I think he could, we could definitely see him this year with the way that major league baseball is kind of changing with the way call-ups work.
1: Yeah. So another one I'll, I'll hit on and I don't want to hit the top guys. I'll, I'll go farther down the list, but Wander Franco. I mean, you can't not mention the guy, right? He's 19. He'll turn 20 tomorrow. Actually uh, drafted back in 2017. He received the highest signing bonus as an inter- international amateur at 3.8 million. So they got big expectations for this kid. Five foot 10, switch hitting shortstop. They're mentioning moving him to maybe second base, third base, but I think that versatility is going to be able to get him to the big leagues quicker. Um, he made the Futures game back in 2019, disciplined approach at the plate, another guy who walks more than he strikes out. And for me, that's a big, big thing for me. I grew up watching the Phillies. Ryan Howard used to strike out, strike out, strike out, and used to drive me crazy. So growing up, I was always a big guy, you know, believer that if you can work the count and, and get on base and help the guys, first of all, help your team get to the bullpen because normally the starters, probably your best pitcher on the team or for that day, best pitcher on the team, but get into the bullpen. And I like guys who can work the count. So Wander Franco um, switch hitter power from the left side. He's got 20 career home runs all from the left side. So if you're out of the game, head to right field, if he's uh, on the left side of the plate.
0: I mean, Wander Franco, I mean, has the guy not done? I mean, the guy does everything. He literally blew right through single A advance. And he he's, I mean, obviously he's still in single A advance, but I could easily see Franco make it to the majors this year. I mean, easily make it. I mean, I know he's only not, he's going to turn 20 tomorrow. And I know that they have a lot of pieces with Adamus over there. at short, but I could easily see Franco make it. I mean, uh, Franco is something else. He's, he's incredible. He really is like Vlad Jr. I mean, he just showed, you know, he's shown. I mean, obviously they're both different builds. Vlad's a heavier set guy and he, you know, he has more power, I feel like, in his bat than, you know, Wander Franco does. But Wander Franco, don't take his power lightly. As you mentioned, 20 home runs, I mean, that's really impressive for Franco. And I think, I mean, his fielding abilities are out of the roof. I mean, he's a great fielder as well. I mean, the guy, he's so young, but he plays like a major league talent. I mean, that's just how it is, and it's impressive to watch him play. Um, Some other guys I'm interested in, I'm going to go down the list a little bit. Uh, Nolan Gorman for the Cardinals. I'm really excited to see. I'm to take my guy. I, I know. You're I'm you're sorry. I'm sorry. I like Gorman, man. I love Gorman. And then another guy I'm interested to see as well is Hunter Green. He's a guy who was really projected to be that really next big thing, and that next big pitcher for the Reds, and not even that in Major League Baseball possibly. He looked really, really good in the spring and really good in the minor leagues. But obviously he had Tommy John. So I'm interested to see how he can be able to come back from that Tommy John surgery. Cause he hasn't played in since 2018. He hasn't played in three years cause they didn't have a season last year. And then 2019, he was out with Tommy John surgery. So I'm interested to see what this guy can do after this Tommy John surgery and not having to play the last two seasons. Yeah, that'll be
1: interesting. That'll be interesting. You, uh, you hit on my normal Nolan Gorman pick, uh, and a pairing with him would be Matt Libetor. He's a left-handed pitcher for the Cardinals. He's a six foot five lefty. Um, He's got some size, and he's got, I, th- I believe, four pitches to go along with um, the big build as a left-handed pitcher. I think he's getting up to 96, if I read correctly. Um, so that's a pairing with the Cardinals organization that uh, should be on the lookout.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I like Libertori. I, I remember when they traded him to the Rays and traded him. I think it was for Jose Martinez, and Rosarina actually came out of that deal as well. Um, I, I thought that was going to be a really, that was a really nice addition to that pit, you know, the pitching and the Cardinals don't have a lot of pitching left in the organization, at least like really big name prospects. And he's really one of the main guys who I'm excited to see and what he can do for the uh, Cardinals organization. I got one more pairing.
1: If we got time for it. The no, Marlins, yeah, we got time. The Marlins, uh, they got JJ Bleday, who was the fourth overall pick back in 2019 left-handed, uh, outfield shortstop. He was at Vanderbilt. So he's got, Refined skills before coming to the big leagues and then Max Meyer, who's uh, number 28 on the top 100. He's a big piece for them right handed pitcher and they're saying that he could make the bigs this year if not next year he was the third overall pick in the 2020 draft this year and he's already at 21 years old being mentioned to break into the big leagues.
0: Yeah, that's impressive, right there. When you're already getting mentioned, and he, i don't think he—he he hasn't even played a single lick of minor league baseball, which is very impressive. And again, last year the White Sox had uh, something similar with their number one pick last year, Garrett Crochet. He was really good last year for the White Sox. Um, yeah, it's gonna be really fun, man. I'm excited to see what these minor league guys can do. It's a minor league baseball and the amount of prospects right now are a lot of them are really, really good. I mean, it's really, really deep and, uh, it's going to be tough this year. Like a lot of teams are going to have to make decisions when it comes to a lot of guys who aren't ranked, you know, who aren't a prospect in their system. Um, because now that there's only four teams in minor leagues, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to, you know, figure out where to move these pieces and where to put this guy here. And it's going to be really interesting to see where guys start out here heading into the minor league season.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's going to be, I think we are currently in a great time of baseball. I think the talent pool, I think the ages that these kids are coming into the game, Mm -hmm. ready to go. Um, We're in for a special couple of years here. And I was watching MLB Network the other day and they were mentioning how this crop of shortstops might be the best ever. And I couldn't, couldn't disagree. And I, you know, like I said, I think it's just the. Maybe the AAU circuit leading these players into college, leading them into the pros, having them more refined getting there. Um, I'm excited for the next couple of years of baseball.
0: Yeah, especially too. I think college as well. Like if you look the way college, how they like how colleges have been really, you know, upgrading these facilities, you see college facilities getting better. I really think colleges are making these players better, um, you know, out of college, you know, g- coming out of college and then going into the major leagues. I feel like college is actually making players a lot better, um, maybe compared to a, lot, a few years ago and such where maybe college baseball wasn't there wasn't as much backing behind it, but now with so many players coming in and the amount of talent that had to stay back this past season due to COVID and everything, and staying into it at their um, what is it college facility, you know their college program this upcoming season, it's really interesting to see kind of how college baseball is becoming really big. And I think that's going to help Major League Baseball too because you're going to get a lot of good players coming out of college heading into the major leagues, and that's going to help the talent pool kind of just increase and get better than it already is
1: yeah without a doubt without a doubt so what
0: do you, what we got next so we got next we got to talk trade block and we could talk teams or whatever but let's talk what do you which teams or which players do you even think will be on the trade block or which teams will even be sellers or buyers uh what what are what do you think will be kind of your big trade news if you will this uh upcoming season well i think we head to the
1: cubs first i think um i don't think they'll be one of the top teams in the central i think it might go cardinals brewers and maybe then the cubs so i think at that point they might be sellers so a name that was out on the market a lot during the offseason was kyle hendricks and chris bryant and i think both of them um could get moved pitching is always uh an asset to have so kyle hendricks definitely um a solid two three four piece to have in any rotation Um, And then Chris Bryant, he's on the, he just received his final year of arbitration, received $19.5 million. That's a lot for a guy who the last couple of years, uh, the injuries may have led to a decline, but he has been on a decline over the last few years. So it might have lowered his trade value, which means maybe there's more suitors out there that'll call the Cubs, but that's where I'm looking at first is the Cubs.
0: I agree. I think the Cubs are probably going to be big sellers this year. Um, Now, I know you said you have them at third place. I have them at second. I I think the Brewers are just a bit below the – The Cubs, offensively speaking, I think the Brewers don't have as much as the Cubs. I think the Cubs are a little bit better set offensively with Javier Baez and Chris Bynum and Rizzo. But I do think we see Bryant maybe traded, possibly even Rizzo. Rizzo's getting up there in age. We'll see what he does. And even, as you mentioned, Kyle Hendricks. They're really a team where they're kind of in a weird situation. They're not in a rebuild, but they're kind of maybe going into a rebuild, but they're also trying to stay competitive. I don't know what the Cubs are doing right now. They're kind of weird. They're in that kind of middle ground um you know they're kind of like the Red Sox if you will say like the Red Sox they have good players they have players who are gonna contribute but they're not really in like they're kind of rebuilding it's really weird I don't it's kind of an interesting uh way they're running things over there in Chicago but I do think that they're gonna be good and they got David Ross as manager and I think he'll be a, a, a good guy to lead that team into the future and whatever the case may be but I do think the Cubs are gonna be a big uh big big seller
1: well, it's funny you mentioned the Red Sox. I mean, you're absolutely right. Red Sox Cubs are kind of in the, the middle gray area there, but I'll go to, I'll touch on the Red Sox. I think JD Martinez could be a piece this year. He's got an opt out option at the end of 21. So technically this could be an expiring contract, if you will, that could be the way that the Red Sox executives look at it. And they have first basements uh, prospects that are first basements uh, within the organization. So I think JD Martinez, if you know, we, I think the Red Sox going to be the bottom of the East this year. Maybe not the bottom, but I think uh, there's more competitive teams. So at that point, the Red Sox might say, hey, look, it might be rebuild time, but we'll see how that goes. One other power bat that I'm looking at, maybe in the same scenario, Joey Gallo, um, you know, he's another guy. He works the count, works, walks as long, as well as being a power bat. So those are two uh, two guys that end looking towards the future. If I'm an organization, a guy like JD Martinez on the last year of his contract, maybe I can get him to accept next year's opt-out option or opt-in option rather. And then the the rumors out there of the universal DH I think only helps JD Martinez and Joey Gallo.
0: I, I agree with that. I think Joey Gallo will probably get traded. Texas really isn't going to be competing for much this year. They already got rid of uh, Elvis Andrus, who was a part of that World Series team back in 2010, which is like I think the last player they said that was a part of that team. Um, so they got Chris Davis out of it. I like Chris Davis. I don't mind him. He hasn't really been the same since like 2018, 2017, where he's just bombing it. Um, he was really impressive those couple of years where he just had like 40 home runs every season for Oakland. But uh, I think Joey Gallo is going to be a guy. Another team I'm interested to see too, is the Rockies. A lot of guys on that team, high paid players like Charlie Blackman, I could see get traded possibly try and get some guys, you know, some pieces out of there. Cause I think the Rockies are in a situation where they don't have a lot of prospects in their system right now. And I think they kind of need to rebuild, get into, I mean, they already got rid of Nolan Arenado, So they're obviously not going to try and like, they're not in a competitive situation. So I think I could see the Rockies make some moves this upcoming trade deadline.
1: Yeah. I was under the impression after they traded Arenado that story was going to be next, but uh, reading some reports, they're looking to rebuild around story and use him as the main piece, uh, you know, the core of the organization. So Charlie Blackman would be an interesting name.
0: Yeah, Charlie Blackman. I think his, his contract's pretty high too. I think he's got a, like a he's in the he's over ten million dollars. I know that he's somewhere in that range. And another guy I'm interested to see is obviously in Desmond. He hasn't played the last two years, but his contract is like super insane. But uh, another guy I'm also interested to is Christian Yelich. Um, I could mm. see him definitely get traded. I know it's a little bit of a dark horse pick, but I don't. I, I feel like the Brewers are in, as I mentioned, kind of in the Cubs situation. They're kind of not in a even though they made the playoffs last year, they barely made the playoffs. They weren't a really successful team. They were kind of up and down. And really that kind of leads to the pitching side of things, but I could see Christian Yelich actually get moved. I think if the Brewers aren't really in a competitive situation by the trade deadline, I could see Yelich get moved. And that would be a nice piece too. And they could get a lot of prospects out of him, especially.
1: Well, it's funny you mentioned the Brewers because the guy I had down on my list, it wasn't one of my top guys I was going to mention, but Josh Hader, you know, he's, you don't come across those dominant left-handed bullpen guys very often. So like you said, if they are struggling a little bit, who knows?
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I'm interested to see who are the buyers and sellers. Actually, we'll we'll ask you, who do you think is going to be buying this, uh, this season?
1: Well, this might be a little biased, but I think the Phillies should be, uh, I (laughs) think they need help on the pitching staff. I really do. Whether it be Mm. the rotation, the bullpen, all the above. Um, I really think, you know, they could be buyers. um, other team that, you know, maybe you can go out and get another pitcher or two, the Angels. Um, I think maybe they can slip their way into the wild card this year. I'm not sure. Maybe that's just me rooting for Trout, hoping he gets to the playoffs. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure on that one. Sellers wise, I definitely think Red Sox Cubs are probably two of the top ones that if they decide to go into rebuild mode, I think uh that would be beneficial for the organizations because, you know, you do have prospects. It's not like they're dry in the farm system, but at the same time, it's like, you have to make, you have to pull the trigger, make a decision one way or another, mm. go full steam ahead or don't. And so maybe Chris Sale is another guy on the trade market. Who knows?
0: Yeah. That's going to be interesting too with Sale because Sale really hasn't been the same ever since he was kind of maybe his first year with Boston or maybe first two years with Boston, but he really hasn't been the same since he was with like Chicago. I mean, it really kind of declined every year he's been with Boston and, it's going to be interesting to see what he what they're going to do with him um, here this upcoming season. For me, my buyers, I would say, I'm interested to see maybe what the Twins could do. I feel like they could use an extra arm in that rotation. I feel like the Twins could definitely be a buyer this year. As you mentioned, the Angels, I think they really knew to be pitching. Offensively, we know what the Angels have. We know what they can bring to the table. But their pitching is one of those big question marks. I could see the Rays even maybe make some moves. We saw that they were going to maybe get Josh Hader. That was a big rumor going around. I saw a Around the trade rumors but uh, we'll see what the Rays can do I'm interested to see uh, what they do uh, maybe you know a team out of the NLE such as the Braves or even the Marlins or you know if they're in any competitive situation as, as you mentioned the Phillies as well really anything below the New York Mets I could see definitely make some moves if they're any in any competitive situation
1: yeah I agree the Braves I think they need help pitching I mm-hmm. think their lineup offensively I think is solid um, but Charlie Morton is your number one. It worked out for the Rays last year, but I'm not sure that's what you want to do if you're looking to compete in the East.
0: Yeah, and they have good... Here's the issue about the Braves is they have Ian Ian Anderson
1: is slept on. I'll give it a... Ian
0: Anderson Anderson might be the number two guy or even the number one, even possibly. But I do think the issue with the Braves is, and it's not that they're... I, I think their pitching is... I think they have potential. I think they're raw talents and I think they have potential in the pitching. They have a lot of good pitching, that could, get, that could be good in the Major League level. But I think the issue is they're just unproven, and that's, that's the issue. And they, they haven't proved anything at the Major League level. I think they could be good, but I think a lot of those pitchers haven't proven anything. And that's what I'm interested to see the Braves this season. And I, I it's interesting because a lot of people have them a little bit lower down in the division. I think everyone's thinking the Marlo, or Mets are going to be the team that's going to win that division. But watch out, man. The Braves got a good offensive team, and if some of those pitchers can prove something this year, I think the Braves could be a really scary team again.
1: You know, we keep going back to this NL East, but look out for the Nationals. We haven't spoke about them at all. I mean, the lineup is pretty much the same, if not a little bit better, in my opinion. They went out and got Josh Bell. Um, Pitching-wise, they go get Leicester, I believe. Um, so, I mean, they're just adding more depth to already Scherzer, Strasburg. Um, the Nationals, I mean, I would I would keep an eye on them. I mean, I think the NL East is just going to be super competitive this, this season.
0: Oh, it's going to be great. I mean, and uh, not only that, they got Brian Zimmerman back. That's another yeah. thing. They did not have Ryan Zimmerman last year due to COVID. He opted out of the season. So that's going to be a huge addition to bad back. I mean, he's obviously not the same that he once was early on in his career, but I think he could still be a good bat to have in the lineup. And you need a guy like Zimmerman, you know, a veteran he's, you know, kind of been almost that face of the nationals baseball. He'll probably be, you know, his number will probably be retired with the team. I imagine when he re- is, a, is done with his career, but I really am interested to see what the Nationals do. That's actually an interesting pick. Really, the NL East, man, is going to be competitive. I really see – I could honestly see every team, you know, 80 wins or more. I really, really could see that. I mean, I know maybe the Marlins might be one of those teams that are kind of – I think they'll be sneaky competitive too. Yes, but I think they'll be sneaky. I think the only thing is is because they have so much raw talent and they're so young, how are they going to fare in a 162-game season compared to a 60-game season? That's going to be really the big key there.
1: Correct. I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. Um, and then, so you're talking about that, but the AL East, I mean, the Blue Jays, I mean, that young that young talent, I mean, they might knock on the Yankees' door. Who knows? But I, I think, hands down, we think the Yankees-Dodgers might be the two top dogs of uh, MLB this year. That's my yeah.
0: Opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that those are going to be your two top teams. But there's going to be a lot of really, really good teams, you know, kind of below that top tier right i say there's the elite teams and then you got your really good and i would say your great teams. so and there's gonna be a lot this year so i'm really excited to see it uh now we kind of go into our overall predictions you know we're gonna kind of make a prediction so we're gonna kind of say who do you think will be kind of the worst teams and then who do you think will be the best of the best you know who will be kind of your top teams in major league baseball i'll begin with you dominic uh who do you have as your kind of worst teams in major league baseball and who you have as your best teams in major league baseball
1: all right. Well, I think the Pirates um, probably hands down are expected to be the worst team in baseball. Um, getting rid of Josh Bell, uh, Musgrove also left the organization. So they have a lot of young guys. And so we'll see what the prospects can do. But uh, I just don't think they have the firepower this year. And so um, that'll be my worst team. And I probably mentioned the Rockies, Orioles all on the same breath. But uh, I've got some hopes for the Orioles, but uh, that's maybe two years down the road.
0: I'm going to go with the Pirates as the probably worst team. They're probably going to get the number one pick. They literally traded like half their pitching staff away. They have no, it's unfortunate to say it, but I have to, that you guys have no rotation and I get to see them tomorrow. I actually see them twice this spring. I don't know why, but I just, I, I like Derek and I've got to interview him. on a podcast. He's a great guy and Tariq Tariq Brock as well. The first base coach of the team, both great guys. So I guess, I guess I kind of got into them because of that, but Really, they have nothing, man. I mean, their offense is going to be. I mean, really, the only thing they got is keep Ryan Hayes. And I'm interested to see what Hayes can do. I think Hayes can be a really good player with the Pirates. And I think he could be an all star for the team. But there's really, I mean, you know, all star game, there's always that one, you know, I have that one representative from each team. I wouldn't even know who to pick other than maybe Hayes. That's really the only guy I could see making it. But um, I'm going to go with the uh, Pirates. I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with the Rockies as well. I think the Rockies will probably be the other team. They're probably the one, two. And then for third, uh, maybe t- I don't want to go Tigers because I like the Tigers. Um, I'll go Texas. I'll go Texas number three. I think Texas doesn't really have much going right now, and I think they'll be the number three team.
1: I can see that. So on the opposite side of things, like we we already mentioned, Yankees, Dodgers, right? But let's. I'm going to go away from that because that's – what everybody's picking. That's, that's teams on paper, right? Hands down Dodgers. You add Bauer to an already stacked pitching staff. That roster is phenomenal. Yankees. Yeah. They might be able to use a little bit more pitching, but I think adding Kluber, I mean, that's a nice veteran presence to have. And then they got guys Domingo, uh, excuse me, help me out here. Domingo, Hermann. Domingo your mom. Yeah. Hermann. Yeah. He's coming, yep. he's coming back from his uh, little incident, but Luis Severino, he'll be back midseason later later of the season. So I think they have potential. Um, but their offense, uh, Yankees offense is top notch. So let's, yep. let's go away from those two. I like the white Sox in the AL and I like the Cardinals in the NL. And maybe I'm a little biased because, you know, I've got some ties with the Cardinals, but I think that they're a solid team. We've mentioned the two prospects that they have coming up. And then they also have Carlos Martinez coming back from last year, who wasn't with the team. Um, I believe it was injury wise. So, at this point, I think that they have some guys coming back. I think they have mm-hmm. some guys who got their feet wet, and adding Arenado, I mean, he's arguably one of the top three, top five third basemen in baseball right now. So um, that's only going to help them.
0: Yeah, I like that pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna do kind of the same as well because. Obviously, everyone knows the Yankees and Dodgers are going to be really good. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. It's Everyone knows. Um, so, I'm going to go with kind of my teams. I guess you will say our underdog teams almost in a sense. Kind of the teams that will be really good, but will probably be underdogs when you get in the playoff time. For me, I'm going to go with my Toronto Blue Jays. I guess they're not really my Toronto Blue Jays. I'm not a Toronto Blue Jays fan. But then, I'm going to go with Blue the, the, yeah, the Dun- Dunedin-Buffalo-Toronto Blue Jays. They're up for adoption, ladies and gentlemen. Um, no, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays as i think the team i mean they they're going to be fun to watch the pitching is one thing that i'm going to be interested in seeing and we were talking about buyers and sellers they could be a buyer this year maybe go out and get some pitching during the trade deadline we'll see what happens with that but i like the blue jays i think they're gonna be really fun to watch this year um and then my number my team in the nl i'm gonna go with this is tough man i mm. I want to go with the Braves. I'm going to go with the Braves. I like what the Braves are doing. I like their I, – I think the pitching, as I mentioned, they're unproven. But that lineup, man, Albies, you got Dansby Swanson, you got, you know, Acuna. I mean, you're going to have a really nice lineup this year. I like the Braves, so I'm going to go Braves and Blue Jays.
1: All right. We'll, we'll see how that works out at the end of the year. You got any uh, MVP Cy Young shout-outs for me? I don't have anything. Maybe a little biased would be Bryce Harper MVP, but you got anything for me?
0: MVP. Ooh, this is tough. Um. Hmm. I, I don't even know. I, I, for Cy Young, I did make a prediction. Somebody had made it. Somebody had um, I was talking to one of my buddies and I had said to him, I said, Lucas Giolito is going to win the MLB AL Cy Young this year. I know it's a little bit out there. I know it may be a little bit of a stretch, but I think Giolito can have a really nice year. And I think Giolito is going to win the American league Cy Young this year.
1: That's interesting. Um, I know this isn't a gambling site, but I did have a future on Giolito last year last year so didn't end up working out but man uh he's a stud and with that offensive lineup they're gonna win games so i think that's a good pick good shot. yeah
0: and um okay maybe i'll have an mvp pick here i'll have a little (laughs) bit i'll have it i'll have a little bit of an mvp pick here so my mvp pick for the 2020 season is going to be oh my god okay i got it nolan arnado mornado I I think with a new team, I think with St. Louis, he's going to be the kind of big face. I think he's having a good year. I like Arenado.
1: I like that. I like that. Him and Goldie are going to be a (laughs) heck of a one-two punch. Yes, Um, yes. I think you could vouch for either one of them because I think they're Mm -hmm. both going to be driving in each other, you know, hitting home runs around each other. I think it's oh, going to definitely. be a, a nice combination to have out in St. It,
0: Louis. It's definitely going to be probably the most home runs that they'll be seeing ever since maybe Mark McGuire and Albert Pujols those <sighs> times. I mean, that's going to be really fun, but I, I do. I like, I like, or, or, or I like Arnado this year. I think Arnado is going to have a nice year, especially on a new team, new, new start. You can start fresh. And I think they're going to be a really competitive team. They're going to probably be a really, they're going to be a really good team. They're, they're going to be a fun team to watch this year. They're probably one of the most complete teams in baseball other than the Dodgers.
1: So let me throw out this question, hypothetical. Angels make the playoffs, right? Yep. We don't have to say they win the division. They, they make the wild card. Is Mike Trout MVP? Based on the numbers he's put up every single season so far, is he MVP?
0: See, here's the thing. Um, I love Mike Trout, and I really do think he's a great player, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to okay. say no. I think there's a lot better players in the American League right now. I really do think that. I think the American League got better. Actually, somebody that I think could be interesting that could have a really nice season, I'm going to go back with the Blue Jays, Springer. I'm going to go Springer. I think Springer could be an MVP candidate. With a new team, I think he could be really good. I I know I'm going with these new teams, but a lot of players can succeed going to a new team, and I think Springer could be an interesting guy to watch this here. I think he could be an MVP candidate.
1: I like that pick, and you never know how long they're going to be in Dunedin. I think Mm -hmm. that first month, I mean – the weather down here, I mean, he's <laughs> been in a dome in Houston, but I mean, it's going to be, he's going to be outdoors and yep. the ball's going to be flying yep. in Dunedin, I think. Uh, I went to a game last year and I saw, I think, three or four home runs. So I think uh, Springer could be a top dog and not he, could, all... he could lead them to compete in the East. I'm going to say compete. I'm oh, not going to say take the East, but they might
0: compete. I do think they will be a wild card team. I do think that. I do think they'll win the wild card. Honestly, I will say one team that I don't think will make it to the playoffs. It's a little bit of a long stretch. And I know they've been pretty competitive the last couple of years the Rays. I know it sounds a little bit interesting, but I think with how competitive the American League has gotten now, and All I right. think there is a better team with the White Sox, and I think the Blue Jays have gotten a lot better. I think they might be a bit better than the Rays, not by much, but I do think they're a little bit better. I think the Rays don't make the playoffs this year. That's my hot take right there. I think the Rays do not make the playoffs. Their offense is still pretty okay. They're not the most electrifying offense, but their pitching is what scares me. I mean, I like Glasnow, and I like Torino's and I like Yarborough. But they really don't have much after that. And I, I think Torinos and Yarbrough are kind of hit and miss occasionally. I think they, they are not really the most consistent pitchers. So I'm, I, I'm interested to see, but I think the Rays do not make the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, and I think they, they're going to rely on some of these younger, maybe prospects, if you will, but younger guys, Rosarena, Franco, if he makes his way up. I mean, they're going to rely on these guys. And I'm not sure if they're going to be able to withstand it for 162.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see that, man. But uh, as you mentioned, the Dunedin Blue Jays, really excited for the Blue Jays uh, to come to Dunedin because, the dude, the series that they have, they got the Angels' first series coming out to Dunedin, which is going to be awesome. Mike Trout in Dunedin is going to be kind of funny to see on a minor league field. Um, you're going to have the Yankees, you're going to have the Nationals, and you're going to have the Braves. Really good four series for the Blue Jays if you're a fan in Dunedin. Those are going to be really good games to go see no matter which one you go to. I'm hoping to go to the Angels one because the Angels have never played in Dunedin ever so it's gonna be really exciting to see but those are just uh, that's just a little tidbit but that is pretty much it guys dominic i appreciate you coming on the show man we're gonna have you probably on a couple times here this spring hopefully do some different videos maybe some news videos as we get later on in the spring we're gonna have a lot to talk about injuries are gonna pop up we're gonna see you know players on hot streaks cold streaks well there's gonna be a lot to talk about but we're hoping to get you on for a few episodes maybe we'll even do some i said maybe we'll do some ranking videos you know we can rank stuff you know like hats for the spring training season we do a lot of stuff on it but i hope to get you on for a few of them and uh thanks for jumping on man it was great talking to you today
1: absolutely thanks for having me and uh good luck in the future and Excited to watch some baseball,
0: man. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. Appreciate everyone for joining us. This is the Flow Show Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. We'll see you guys in our next episode. We're going to be doing vlogging as we go to our first spring training game donated in Pittsburgh on Monday, March 7th. We'll see you guys in our next podcast. Or Monday, March 1st, excuse me. I don't know why I said 7th. I am going to another game that day. So stay tuned for that. I'll see you guys in our next episode. Peace out, guys. See ya.